Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Jonah chapter 1. If you're there in your Bible, say amen. amen. If you're looking at the screen, say, I'm doing it the other way. The room's divided. <laughs> now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Get up, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But, but, Jonah, he did rise up, the Bible says, but he rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa. He found a ship that was going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And Brother Lindsay didn't know what I was preaching about today when he got up and said, unless your presence goes with me. But isn't it something how the Lord does this? He went to run away from the presence of the Lord. Sometimes God gives us assignments we don't want. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only. I've had times in my life where I felt like God was directing me to do something that I thought, why don't you think about it just a little bit longer? <laughs> I don't know if you prayed about this. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm telling you folks, for many of us against a lot of odds, we have made it to 2021. And I refuse to spend time speaking negative about what has been or what could be. He's just too good. His mercy endures to every generation. It's with us. It's upon us. Some of you, you need to leave yesterday in yesterday. And you need to thank God. My title uh, today, I'm going to talk about the beauty of a second chance. And that's what we need to thank God for. We've, we've, got, a, we've got a chance here to give God our very best. And he has something for us. Amen? He has something for us. Whether you're a seasoned saint or a first-time visitor, God has something for you. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. You're better to us than we deserve. I pray that you would help me to preach with wisdom and clarity. I pray you'd help me to make sense and do it in a way that it can not only be enjoyed, but that it could have an impression upon the people that have gathered. They've taken of their time. They've given of their resources to be here. I pray that I could do my very best in delivering your word, but more effectively than that would be if your presence would sweep into this house in a powerful way and touch our hearts and our minds and our spirits, O oh Lord, that we might draw closer to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. The beauty of a second chance. I've got to start with a question here today. How many are thankful for second chances? And probably I should say when it comes to living for God, how many are thankful for like fourth and fifth 
and sixth and seven hundredth <laughs> chances. Have you ever found yourself really delighted in that whole 70 times 70 thing? Have you ever found yourself where you're like, ah, thank God he's given me another chance. My friends, the Crumpackers are here. Brother Jason and I, we got to play in a tournament here not too long ago. We we're at this day and we're, I don't even remember what that was. We lost, I know that. That's what really matters at the end of it all. But I remember walking away from that meeting thinking, if we could only have one more chance, feel like we could do it. Some of us live with the regrets of, if I could have a second chance, but there's some things we can't go back to. Right? There's no second chance to make a call after they're gone. Been thinking about that a lot this last week. I did a lot of texting with my uncle on a fairly regular basis, but I hadn't texted him in a week or so, and I found myself thinking, wish I had a second chance. Let me pause at the very beginning of this message and tell you if you're waiting to say I love you, go ahead and say it. If you're waiting to go ahead and give them those words of kindness or affection, go ahead. Take the time because you might not get a second chance. How many else can bear witness to that? That there are things that you cannot get a second chance. But the story of Jonah for us you know, it's fun in, in different ways. Brother Roberts, for me, it's fun because I grew up as a kid fascinated with the thought that a fish ate a guy. <laughs> Come on, they got us all in Sunday school with the fish ate a guy. A whale swallowed. Now, I know every time I, I say a whale swallowed and some of the theology majors are like, well, we don't really know that it was a whale. <laughs> you call it what you want. We're going to call it a whale today, Okay. It was a big old fish, okay? Not a filet fish, a big old fish. And Jonah went in. But do you remember being a kid and the story of Jonah was like, Brother Clark, it was like this, um, it was this fascinating little tale. It was like exciting. I brought a couple of childhood pictures. We're gonna put them up here. This is kind of how I was taught about, about Jonah. He's just sitting at his desk. You see the ribs? Just sit. Remember this? Sunday school teacher would be like, and here was Jonah. I'm like, who's he writing? Who, and where'd the feather come from? He's writing. He's got his, his stuff up drying out. I don't know how you dry stuff out in stomach acid. Uh, he's just sitting there. I think, let's go to the other one. There's another one. It's real, it's, it's funny. Look at him. <laughs> just, just, he's surfing. That's how we teach it. This is how I was taught about Jonah because it is interesting. Like Jonah catches a ride in a whale. I brought another picture that's a little more realistic though to what it was like. <laughs> I wish that wasn't the truth, but that's a lot closer to what we're dealing with. You know what Jonah called it? He called it the belly of hell. But he was still being kept. Isn't it amazing that often God's version of grace is not how we would draw it up? God's version of keeping 
is not how we would line it up. If I say, hey, Brother Watkins, I want you to take this time and I want you to draft out what grace looks like. I think if we put our heads together, we could make grace really comfortable. Mm. My grace would have a nice house. My holding pattern would be a nice vehicle. I'm typing. That's what that is. It's... I draft the text a little bit different. I would not make the belly of a fish grace. But Brother Jay, if it came down to it, I'd rather have that than no second chance at all. Mm. I, I'd rather... I'd rather be in the middle. Now listen. Nothing about that smelled good. Sorry. Some of you ain't had nothing but coffee. I don't want to turn your stomach. Bunch of plankton in that belly. Bunch of nasty rotting seaweed and stomach acid. Nothing about that felt good, looked good, smelled good, but somehow for three days... He was drawing breath into his lungs. Sometimes all you can do is stay alive. But if you can stay alive, if you can just keep yourself alive for a little bit longer, then I'm telling you there is a redemption opportunity for you. There are men and women all over this house that you're not here because it was easy. You're here because he gave you a chance. And when the enemy thought you were done, God said, I've got a second. I got a second chance for you. My, 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 I feel like preaching right now. For some of you, divorce tried to riddle you. For others, cancer tried to kill you. For some of you, the enemy tried to kill you and destroy your mind. But the result in every one of us in this place, you walked in here because you're still breathing. You walked in here because you're still alive. And you might have spent some time in the belly of a whale. And the enemy might have told you this was your last stop. But you cried to God from the belly of a whale and he heard you. Anybody still glad that God can hear you? I'm gonna pause right there. Are you glad he can still hear you from the darkness? He can remember you in the isolated Come on, I need some help right now. Are you glad that when you were down to your last dime, he wasn't? When you felt like you were down to your last prayer, he wasn't tired of hearing you just because you wanted to walk away, just because you hadn't followed perfectly, yet his grace moved into your life. Find a few people, tell them I'm the result of grace. Come on, I'm the result of grace. So don't make fun of me because I smell like a whale. If it wasn't for that whale, I wouldn't be here. Don't make fun of me because I got seaweed in my hair. That thing kept me alive. I know I might not look as good as you. I might not smell as good as you. But I got news for you. I'm still here by the grace and the mercy. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the, man, I feel like I got to help somebody. You're here by the grace of God. You're here by the mercy of God. 
He kept us. He delivered us. The belly of the well is isolating, but it's keeping. Let me get a show of hands. How many in here have ever felt all alone? Lift your hand and keep it up. Just so you know that even when you felt alone, you weren't. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy, Brother Chris, is to make you feel alone while there's a hundred other people at the same time in the same church feeling the same way. And if we'd ever recognize that we are not alone, number one, if God be for us, who can be against Who can be against us? But the second truth to that is if I can link up with the other people who also understand that the enemy wants to destroy their mind and destroy their body and destroy their testimony, we will find out that we are stronger together than we are by ourselves. Jonah, just keep living. Jonah, just keep breathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep breathing because you got some preaching to do. Brother Senior, sometimes he call you to preach in places you don't want to preach. You do realize that was Jonah's problem. He got invited to a revival he didn't want to preach. How many preachers? If you're a preacher here, raise your hand. You're a preacher. Come on, look at all of you. Sometimes... Brother Faulkner, we, we get invited to preach places. I think I'm busy. I didn't even tell you the date yet. No, I'm pretty sure I'm busy. <laughs> I had somebody tell me the other day, they preached this place and they paid them $15. I wanted to say you did terrible. <laughs> But it wasn't about that. It wasn't about getting paid. It was just they felt a little insulted. But sometimes God, sometimes God have you preach places, call you to preach places. That's what Jonah's dealing with. Imagine, I, I, I struggle with this. Brother Henderson, I know the narrative. Been through the whole book three times again this morning. I, I, I get it, but I don't get it. It's hard for us, right? Unless we put ourselves in the cultural bias of the day. Unless we put ourselves into the lens of the text and try to understand from a historical context why Jonah is so frustrated. I'm going to tell you, Jonah knew they would turn to God. And so he didn't want to preach. Well, Marshall, that is the absolute opposite of what I've dealt with. I preached at some churches I've never gone back to. Is this too real? Some of y'all are like, fine, we want you to just stay home. Just. But I, I preach some places I never want to preach again. Preach with everything you got. I heard this. Preaching, I mean, preaching, and, and this might shock you, but I'll be sweating. Why are you laughing? Just need a new shirt, need a new suit, need a new tie. Everything I got on needs incinerated. And people in the crowd. Well, he's preaching about Jonah. 
heard about this since I was in Sunday school. Jonah didn't want to go because they were going to run to the altars. What? Imagine if we, how about this? Imagine when we get to the church that we cannot even get through worship service because that's the kind of church we're going to cultivate. That before we even get through worship service, sinners feel such conviction that they got to rush down to the altar. We don't have to pre-organize to baptize them during worship. It'll just be so compelling and convicting that they're receiving the Holy Ghost in the middle of our altars. Imagine a time when no one has to be wooed by the word. He's gonna walk into the fishiest city and start preaching. And Brother Anderson, every one of them. <laughs> the king, y'all, the king of the city is going to cry for repentance. Put it in the modern day. The mayor of Indy. Don't laugh about it. We need it. And I believe for it. Say, Pastor, why are you screaming like that? I believe if God did it for Jonah, God can do it for us. I refuse to believe that he had more affection for a 100,000 member city of Nineveh than he does for the city of Indianapolis. But Jonah knew. Brother Ross, he knew. And he would rather get on a boat and sail the opposite direction. Jonah, you're dumb. Evangelists everywhere are like, Jonah! But he did. What happened when Jonah got on the boat? How many remember? Took a nap. Took a nap. Because one of the ways you avoid the will of God is you try to sleep your way through it. Usually it comes in the form of depression. Depression makes you want to spend more time in bed than with people. A big old storm came up. It didn't wake Jonah up. That's the amazing thing because the storm on the outside was, or the storm on the inside was greater than the storm on the outside. He was running from the call of God. The storm comes up. The boat's tossing and turning. The people up there, the people that are in charge of the ship, what are they doing? The Bible says they're praying to their gods. They were sincere, folks. They were sincere. They were praying to their gods. There's a lot of sincere people that still just need a revelation. They just need a revelation. They go, they wake Jonah up. Can't you see this? <laughs> Get up, boy. They cast lots, which is common in Scripture. They cast lots. The lot falls on Jonah. What do they do? What have you done to us? <laughs> well, uh, it's my fault. I'm running from God. But can you imagine the answer? What do we need to do? Um, 
Just throw me in the water. What? Throw me in the water because I'd rather die than preach to Nineveh. What? What? I'd rather die than put my ego on the line. What? They start throwing. They start throwing those wares out. You know that, right? That's what they do. They start throwing stuff out of the ship. Take a look at the story. That's not their stuff. That's stuff other people had paid for them to transport. But when you have the wrong people on board your life, you will start sacrificing things that others have invested in to try to keep them close. Try to have wrong relationships in your life, you'll find yourself sacrificing things that elders paid for to try to keep a relationship close that does not belong. Finally, they... Pick him up, throw his carcass in the water. They fought a moral battle of murder. But Kevin, I think a big, big struggle here is did they even know? How long do they live thinking they've killed a guy? All they know is all of a sudden, whew. remember that whole peace be still thing? Remember that? That New Testament? Peace, be still. The Jonah version? Peace is still. But there happened to be a big old fish. I don't know why. For several of us, 20... 20 felt like a whale, but I got a word for you. You're still here. <laughs> for some of you, it's the worst year you ever had. But guess what? One of the first messages I ever preached here, the devil is a liar. And you're still here. I know your family situation was tough. I know the health issues have been hard. I know the financial struggles were real, but your mm. Can you imagine how Jonah must have felt when he started coughing up salt? Brother Marshall, I'm not convinced he knew what was going on. Because most of the time when you're first recognizing you're being saved by the grace of God, it doesn't make sense at all. You don't recognize it. You don't understand it. You can barely identify with it. You just got to be glad that you can do this. But what did he do, Brother Sleva? He cried. Can you pray from your situation? I say, yes, you can. How can you talk to God from this? Because you can talk to God from anywhere. And the best news about it, He can hear you from anywhere. 
Brother Shockey can hear you when everything's going good. But the great thing about God and how personal he is is you can be in the darkest, most isolating place of your life. And when you call, he hears you. Isn't it all? I mean, I'm telling you, I know we've heard the story forever. But the fish spits him up. You got to taste bad. To get vomited by the whale. But it was really the keeping. Three days in the belly of the whale. And then the spitting up. And here comes Jonah rolling out of here. I'm telling you, Jonah didn't look like much. Jonah didn't smell like much. Good that is. But Jonah was every bit the preacher when he came out as he was when he went in. In fact, I would, be, I would tell you today that he was probably a more powerful preacher after his trial than he was before. He still didn't want the city to turn, but he knew he had to preach. And so he walks into that city and he begins to proclaim the word of the Lord. He begins to speak the word of the Lord and every person turns to God. Every person repents and Noah throws a pity party. Yes, he does. He goes and he lays alone and this plant shoots up out of the ground and covers him and God sends a worm to eat the plant up and then he sends the sun to burn the plant down and the sun's beating down on Jonah and God, he said, God, what's your problem? And God had to remind him, you're upset about a plant. How do you think I feel about 120,000 people? That was God's word to Jonah. God's word to Jonah was, I kept you alive because 120,000 people deserve to, to hear. 120,000 people deserve a second chance. Jonah, if you deserve a second chance, 120,000 deserve a second chance. So let me ask you this. Don't you think your neighborhood deserves a second chance? Don't you think your family deserves a second chance? Don't you think 894,000 in the inner city deserve a greater chance? Don't you think that a million deserve a second Ah, thank God. Thank God for the beauty of second chances. Because, Brother Hal, you're the result of a second chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brother Turner, you are. I am. Brother Michael, you're the result of a second chance. The result of a person who said, I can't let this thing kill me. I'm going to be honest right now. You still feel, uh, this is a transparent moment. You still feel like you're in the whale's belly right now. That's where you feel. Your hands. Several hands in here. How many of, now I need help. How many of you would be honest enough to say, I spent some time in the belly of a whale in 2020. Raise your hand right now. If you spent your, I want you to stand actually. We won't really understand this unless you stand. And I'm closing anyway. So feel better. Huh. You got to be kidding me, right? I thought I was the only one that felt this way. Look around the room. 
Look at the majority of the people in this room. Brother Brown, that's not, that can't be possible. can't be possible that hundreds of people from Calvary Tabernacle, maybe from some other church, maybe from somewhere else, maybe, maybe from another city, can't be possible that, that here in Indianapolis, and certainly not here in North America, in the life of luxury and all that we have. You spent some time in the belly of the well. Here's my word to you. What are you going to do with it? Brother Skillman, what do we do with it? What? Genuine question. We can either thank God for that second chance and we can turn it into the great power and anointing in our ministry or we can spend all of our time, we can spend all of our time reminiscing how terrifying it was and trying to do everything in our own power not to get back in it. Sometimes the will of God makes us feel isolated. Sometimes the will of God makes us feel alone. Sometimes the will of God stinks. But Marshall, just sometimes it just. But God has kept you. My, my, my. Everybody else stand with me right now. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven and I want you to begin to enter into Thanksgiving with me for second chances. Come on, for second chances. I got a second chance. I got the chance for a do-over. <clears throat> Come on, go ahead and give God thanks for a minute. Come on, you are the visible testimony of a second chance. Now, if you're under the sound of my voice, let me take this second. Any of you remember, remember playing, playing ball as a kid or something? And uh, Weta would always do the buzzer beater. Three, two, anybody remember that? And if you missed, you'd be like, let me see it, let me see it. You'd do the same countdown again. Sometimes three or four times in a row until it went on. I can remember when the Super Nintendo first came out. Sheldon, I remember. <laughs> Man, I'd get there, I'd get all the way. That silly turtle thing would kill me. I just reach up like this and go, reset. Warp my way back to that turtle. Some of us need to recognize God has given us a second. He, he's given you a second chance to reach him. He's given you a second chance to do what he's called you to do. Some of you, please hear me right now. He's given you a second chance to be happy. Oh man, I feel something right there. He's, he's given you a second chance to feel sunlight on your face. He's given you a second chance to feel the wind in your head. 